Can we pop the cat? Wait, okay, really quickly. I just I got I got a reply from my psych saying I got a call from this number. Sorry. I fucking missed a call from you. What is she doing? Okay, anyways, I'm done now. You don't also have any personal business they want to work through? Anyone? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> oh, we're off to a great start. <laughs> Tonight on Rogue Padron, Akbar can cook, he can clean. Let me tell you how he got my ring. <laughs> Star Wars <laughs> augmented reality. Finally, the reveal. Emergency repair procedure number one. And teach me, XR Sensei. I hate that sentence. I'm not. Oh, she had that. XR Sensei. Which one? There are multiple sentences here that make me really uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Calling XR Kun Sensei makes me deeply uncomfortable. It's because, uh, listeners, if you don't know, Kun is a suffix in Japanese um, that's usually reserved, like, usually for, like, men, but, like, can also be used as kind of a sign of respect. but and so I always think of it as like XR Kuhn. Um, and so which is why I would change it to like XR Senpai or XR Sensei. Um, <laughs> XR, XR Senpai is the worst thing you possibly it's say. Disgusting. No, it it's terrible. XR it's senpai. horrible. <laughs> All right, it's been real. Thank you for having me on Rogue Pod. That's what I'm getting twisted right before it was burned to death. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> This is Rogue Leader. All wings report in. Rogue 6, standing by. Rogue 7, standing by. Rogue 9, standing by. Rogue 3, standing by. Listeners, welcome to season 23, mission four, episode 179 of Rogue Padron. Tonight, we'll be talking about Jedi Academy trilogy, book two, Dark Apprentice by Kevin J. Anderson, chapters 16 through 20. A Star Wars story. A Star Wars story. (laughs) (laughs) Featuring Star Wars. Han Solo. (laughs) Based on Star Wars by George Lucas. Han Solo (laughs) does feature heavily in this book. Um, but, you know who but, does it feature heavily for a book that's about like the Jedi Academy? Luke? <laughs> Luke Skywalker and the Jedi Academy. <laughs> Where are they? Uh, <laughs> like, I think Emo Akbar is the main character of this book, which I'm not complaining, but like <laughs> very mistitled. Based on what I remember of the rest of the series, I think maybe Kevin J. Anderson realized his inability to really capture Luke's <laughs> essence and therefore. He's just not in it a lot. <laughs> it's no spoilies, but like, you know, it's clear where the priorities lie. Mm. Uh, but before we jump in to the chapters, here's a quick reminder of your hosts. If Sag, Sag, if Sag throws something. 
Staff <laughs> Rogue Staff Seven Rogue. was a thing that you could carry things in. Yeah, if <laughs> Staff Rogue Seven was a lawn decoration, she'd Holy be shit. a very sassy bubblegum pink flamingo that always kind of yes. leans to the side no matter how many times you try Aww. to prop it up straight. Yeah, I am always leaning to the side. Um, always kind of. I remember going to the physio with my neck injury and um, neck shoulder injury, whatever the fuck it is. And she was like, you do realize you lean your head way to the right, right? And I was like, no, I don't. And she was like, look at look in the mirror. <laughs> Let me draw a line for you. And I do indeed have like one of those dog head tilts a little bit. Uh, yeah, I was just going to so say, yeah, my that, dogs that do that when they're really curious. So just yeah. say that you're being extra inquisitive. I'm just curious. Oh, I'm always extra inquisitive. Yeah. I don't understand the world, so I'm always curious. Um, yeah. Also very happy I'm a flamingo because I love flamingos. Yeah. Danny, Rogue Six would don't be an extremely Don't you say it. Don't you say <laughs> of bird feeders and houses oh, I'll take that. laid out to <laughs> resemble like the same map as their own neighborhood. What, what did you think? What she was it was garden gnomes. It was oh, garden yeah. gnomes. I saw I the gnomes it. coming a mile away. So I'll, yeah, this is great. I like this. I don't fully understand it, but I like it. <laughs> Heath, Rogue 3 would be a two-scale Triceratops that gets properly <laughs> decorated to fit in with the rest of the house around the holidays. Aww. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, that's so Just cute. Saying. Idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ash, Rogue 9 would be cutesy beware of dog signs that <laughs> instead of indicating people might be attacked, it's like, beware of dog, she'll try to steal your ice cream or <laughs> beware of dog, he farts when he meets new people. <laughs> beware of dog, they have so much love and don't know what to do with it. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and I'm Meg, Rogue Leader, and I would be the life-size concrete oxen that lives in a yard like a mile away from me and I always forget it exists but then I'm so delighted every time we drive by it. Wait that's a real thing? It's a real thing! Holy shit that's amazing! It's so funny I forget it exists every time and then every time like dinner is like dr- driving us somewhere and we pass by it I'm like the oxen! <laughs> every time. Holy shit I love that. I love it. It's just so, there's like nothing else in the yard except this oxen. And like the oxen is like carrying like flower pots. And I'm like, what is going on here? Like, are there flowers growing in the flower pots? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's very pretty, but like just the oxen. Oh my I God, feel like you could have done your host intros of if so and so were some aspect of this ox statue. <laughs> like there's <laughs> so much going on here. Of it. I'll try to take pictures of oh, it. Oh please, yes, please, please take do. pictures. I need to see that so bad. It's just my favorite thing. <laughs> Speaking of my favorite thing, I have a question about Star Wars. Uh Obi-Wan Kenobi. Thoughts uh-huh. so far? I'm really enjoying it, but I do hate that they've continued to make Corrin even more canon. <laughs> <laughs> to the point that I had a dream about it. No! Oh. Yeah, I had a dream that they announced the next Star Wars Disney show, and it was about Corrin Horn. Oh. Saf, how dare you speak that into the universe? <laughs> Look, Dinner it's not me anymore. He's canon. His dad's canon as a Jedi. It's, it's out of my head. Canon. It's out of um, my hands. 
Yeah, the, Star Wars is really digging their heels in on this one. Yeah, one they really. The, it does feel like the ultimate monkey pull that my favorite character would finally get a TV show, and then they would and immediately make cornhole canon. In it. <laughs> yeah, one of the latest canon corn updates that Dinner Leader gave me. We need a little uh, music segment for yeah. the canon corn updates from uh, Dinner Leader. His yeah, that but like less cheery. <laughs> <laughs> more like dead daddy just do like a minor version of yeah. that um is that his mom is in another two episodes uh like according, according to, to imdb oh according uh, to imdb so you know that could be true, notoriously, it could be true yeah. or it couldn't but like oh man what <laughs> just, what point would she even have um i haven't seen the latest episode um just because like i need to watch shows with like other people um so i'm gonna i have just looked on the internet uh and i vaguely know what happens but i also don't care about spoilers um but i'm kind of sad that it's already like almost over because it's been really good but i'm also glad it's almost over because then Uh, With every episode, there is, you know, every episode we we step closer to Kenobi being done, there is less of a chance that Ahsoka is going to show up. (laughs) Yeah. At this point, I think we're pretty safe in Ahsoka not showing up. I mean. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. uh, Like, I feel like we're pretty safe at this point. Um, Yeah. I just really like baby Leia. Her actress is amazing. She's perfect. She's perfect. She's perfect. She's so she's cute. Great. I hope they keep her around as Leia in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's great. Also, Lola is the cutest little droid ever. And I, I learned a phrase this week. Uh, this week, this week just fucking started. Last week, I guess. Um, called cute, cute aggression. Where if you see something so, like, some people have a thing where they see something so cute and they want to like destroy it. They get really, they get really aggressive about it. That's how I feel about Lola. I'm like, Lola's so fucking cute. I want to grab her in my hand and crush her. You know. <laughs> well it's a 10 out of 10 droid i'm very sad 10 out of 10 droid. that this is the direction <laughs> my nephew was like lola turned i was like no she didn't <laughs> and she didn't turn she got fucking put a tracker in her there's a difference between somebody actively her choosing. eye her eye turned red though or oh, God, it was i'm yeah. like no she didn't choose this like <laughs> I don't she think droids in the way that, that like I don't think droids can turn to the dark side. <laughs> okay, I didn't know about this spoiler. So. Oh, sorry, yeah. Uh. <laughs> Lola turned in the same way that what's his face in this book turned. You know, fucking, uh, uh, fucking, uh, Rev. yeah, fucking yeah. Rev. Reva put a tracker in Lola. Yeah, what? That's not not that not that much of a spoiler. Yes, yeah, not Reva. much of a spoiler. <laughs> Robert well, so, took out the part of Lola's brain that was specific to Leia loyalty. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, um, uh, this episode does also confirm how evil the Empire is considering they put a, a, a child, like a 10-year-old, into a torture seat. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> and a very, yeah, a very much close like to that. gouging out her eyes. Um, didn't love that. Yep. Yeah, that's also up. featured my favorite moment in Star Wars history where Obi-Wan is trying to smuggle Leia out of Fortress Inquisitorius <laughs> under his coat. Con- continuing his yeah. grand tradition of being really good at disguises. 
Yeah. She's, I'll she's put you there. under my coat. No one will notice. I'm sorry. Did you just say Fortress Inquisitory? That's what it's called, yeah. That's what it's called. Yeah, this is a Meg Monkey Paw because we get this cool planet where there's this like underground fortress, but it's called Fortress Inquisitory or underwater. <laughs> it's like there's fish and marine life and stuff, but it's Fortress oh my God, Inquisitory. Really cool. I, I was I was on Sky, I was on the Skyhoppers podcast last week and Ben uh told me that fun fact. <laughs> Um, Meek, there are some cool sea creatures you get like glimpses of in this episode. Yep. Yeah. I will say that. I'm sorry this, about the rest of it, but yeah, this... they were like, really <laughs> sorry about <laughs> everything me, else. <laughs> uh, I will say so this angry. episode once again, like the fact that I'm on the edge of my seat the entire time, even though I know yeah. what happens to Obi Wan and Leia. <laughs> it's just, yeah. it's really good. I know, right? I keep being like, good, okay, good like, we've already yeah, seen the man like, die. <laughs> We we know where Leia ends up. We know where Obi Wan ends up, and yet I am so stressed out. Yeah, actually, we've already well, seen and- both of them die. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah, I I do. I mean, it also there the new character this week, which we won't spoil uh, her fate for Meg, but uh, like Tala, I'm like I really love this character, and and I was also I just as nervous Tala. for her throughout this episode too. I'm just like. Yeah, because she's the one we don't know what happens to. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I love yeah. her so much. She's so good. Yeah, she's a great. I mean, all the, I feel like all the new characters have been really good additions. There's a couple other folks that we didn't see much of this episode, but were really, really, I really liked. I still would love to see Haja again. Like, I mean, oh my god, I would love Laura to see Haja always. Again. Like, there was there was a moment there was a moment where I thought we were about to see him again, and then it turned out to be Obi Wan. I was like, God damn. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> once I don't want to see Obi Wan, I want to see Haja. For once, I'm <laughs> disappointed seeing Obi Wan. <laughs> yeah. And like obviously we're gonna see Bale and Breha and uh, Owen and Baru again, but I just like it, they're all so good, so good, they're all so good. It's a great show. I'm really happy about it. I'm happy that there's no possible way it can overstay its welcome. You know, like The Mandalorian yeah. kind of got to that point in season two. It was like, yeah. okay, what's the point? Wrap it up. Oh. It kind of overstayed its welcome when it started turning up in another show. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, that's not overstaying. It's welcome. That's showing up to a party you weren't invited to in the first yeah, place. That's yeah, that's crashing the whole ass party. <laughs> um, that's just yeah. I, I am really glad we get the show. I'm really glad it's not going to overstay. It's welcome. Um, Six episodes I, feels like a nice, you know, length. Yeah. 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 I I'm really I'm really happy about it. I'm happy about a Star Wars. It makes me happy about a Star Wars, you know? Yep. Yeah. So yeah. naturally, we're not doing a spinoff show about the one that we'd like. But go back and listen to all those episodes about the Star Wars shit that we didn't like. <laughs> a lot of good ones I for mean, you. Like I said, we could do like a special single episode to talk about it. We might have to. I think we should. Yeah, because this is actually a show that um, we want to talk about for fucking once. <laughs> yeah. Like we used to do at the movies. Do that with the, yeah. with the show. Hell yeah. All right, good business meeting. Cool. Uh, let's... <laughs> Brief peek behind the curtain. Let's let's not keep XR Sensei waiting. Um, so chapter 16. <laughs> the sea tree fronds formed a tangled forest around them, filled with thousands of strangely sh- strangely shaped blobfish, crustaceans, and tentacled things. BRB, I'm gonna move again. <laughs> I'm going there. Um, not just because of Akbar, but that is all of my shit. Blobfish, crustaceans, tentacle things. <sighs> Apparently, the fish noticed Akbar's return and started talking about it, which is how the mollusk 
knowledge bank knew where he lived so this this reminded me of 101 dalmatians <laughs> the midnight it's park like, yeah we're yeah we're just like the there's like a montage of like the fish actually finding nemo has one of these too there's a montage yes. of like the word spreading across the ocean that's a more apt metaphor than dalmatians. yeah <laughs> the one about the fish in the yeah. ocean <laughs> don't mind me um so like apparently you there aren't really like door locks in the ocean because well, sure, why, why would there be? Uh, and so Sighal and Leia just swim right into Akbar's house and it's extremely awkward, but Akbar invites them for fish stew anyway. Um, there's a quote that says Akbar seemed to deliberately misunderstand her, which I, something I bet he did all the time during council meetings. <laughs> Like, especially toward the humans of just being like... Akbar's such a troll. Yeah, like... Sorry, can you say that again in terms that I understand? Right. Say, you mentioned, like, the tide, the sway, the waves. Like, there are are terms you can use here. Trout. Trough? Trough, that's how you say it. Trout. Yeah, trout, too. Yeah. Talk (laughs) about this in the terms of trout. Um, (laughs) Akbar tells... Nope. Leia tells Akbar that Mon Mothmer is dying, which understandably shocks Sighal, but Akbar says he's needed on Calamari and won't let more people die under his care. He's on a personal mission to see if the crust of the planet has become unstable after the world devastator attacks. See Dark Okay, is he saying, uh, I get all that. Did he say, I'm not going back for uh, Mon Mothma because she'll die under me and I'm not having that happen again? <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> He's not going to be there when she dies. <laughs> Dude, you don't need to take credit for her death if you don't want to. It's fine. Mm, he's gonna. Um, <laughs> I mean, for all he knows at this point, Mon Moth was dying of some mysterious illness, right? Right. That he it's, has absolutely nothing to do with. Listen. It seems she, completely unpreventable as far as they know. So it's. She <laughs> could be dying of a broken heart because Akbar crashed into the wind temple. <laughs> So, like Mon Mothma's got cancer for all intents and purposes, and Akbar's like, it's all my fault. Yeah, listen, <laughs> some fish How could I like to this? take all of the burden onto themselves. <laughs> yeah, we all know about those fish. They like to do that, or they just do that. Or they should see a therapist. And I mean, yes, they that. should see a therapist. <laughs> Those aren't mutually exclusive. <laughs> so Akbar urges them to leave, but Leia offers their help to place his new seismic chargers, and he hesitantly agrees because although he cannot agree, he can't agree to Leia's request, he does enjoy her company. Because she reminds him of his one true love that he left back on what planet was winter on? Uh, good question. Enough. Enough. There we go. I knew it started with an A and an N, but I keep going to the Anoet. Like the Anoet the, the only um, planet that popped in my mind was Troy, that I'm like, not even close. Not even close. <laughs> <laughs> um, even a little bit. I would say Leia isn't that similar to Winter. Leia's got, Leia shows emotions. Yeah. Right, Which... but Winter is Leia's best friend, so... Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Maybe he's trying to it's get like, like when you have a crush on someone and so you like start spending you, more time around their best friend to like kind of get to know who the kind of people that they like. According, getting according, good with them. according to social experts, the Spice Girls, 
if mm. you want to be with my lover, you got to get with my friends. friends. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so it has been said. So it must be done. <laughs> uh, well. <laughs> Akbar keeps making excuses about how this is his work now. It's important. Leia agrees it is important, but there's also definitely a team of like scientists who know about this stuff that would help him. And he's hoisted upon his own Akbarism. Many eyes see what one alone cannot. My they guy. find some yeah. They find <laughs> some kind of sunken piece of machinery and decide that's the perfect place for one of the sensors. They get it set up and Leia once again implores Akbar to at least come back with her and talk to Mon Mothma. He, she knows that he won't just stand slash swim by as the Republic falls. <laughs> right as Akbar is about to agree, saying that Leia knows him better than he had thought, they find an Imperial probe droid stuck in the sea trees. It's probably What's been that there. doing there. It's, you know, it's hanging out. It's uh, probably been there for at least 10 years, having gotten stuck and shut down after its pod crashed in the ocean. They call it a probot for short, which I don't love. <laughs> hey, that. I, don't like I, that I love. I love. <laughs> probot onyx. Yeah, it's just um, so too close to probiotics. <laughs> it's very close to probiotics. Uh, of course, once they approach it, it comes to life. How and- do they make this thing so fucking watertight that after 10 years, it's still alive under there? I don't know. That's like, like, the, the, the Empire isn't known. can't withstand a single laser blast. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, the Empire isn't known for its long-standing engineering. They put all their resources into their probing. Boomanga. <laughs> <laughs> I like the sound of regret as you said that. Yeah, Just, yeah. You didn't ooh, even want to finish it. Us. I didn't want to finish that. Oh, my no. I don't really want to talk about probing. Um, uh, but Akbar's little sub isn't much of a <laughs> That's me. No, uh, I was about to say, also known as Meg. Um, well, I'm not little, though. Uh, the submarine isn't much of a match for the probe droid as they struggle to get free of its little like nipper grips. Um, Saf, we get we see a probe droid in action in Empire Strikes Back and it has little has little nippers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean we saw we, we see saw them in Kenobi like last week. Oh yeah. Well, I, I did notice they have the little they, they got the little the little nippers and the weird yeah. long legs that don't seem to do anything. Yeah, extremely they nothing. Hang. They're like tentacles. Like, if, if if this was a real creature, I'd say those vestigial limbs, but this isn't a real creature. They just decided to add some legs that don't do shit. <laughs> Maybe that's where the probot keeps its brain. In the legs? Well, what else is it doing? <laughs> the brain is in the legs. <laughs> Maybe it's just a creepy Imagine out. Imagine an animal creepy. whose brain is Brain is stored in the legs. <laughs> Why? I mean, that's weird, but also, like, why? why like, like, why does it matter where the brain is? Because it would get jumbled up, right? <laughs> like, imagine how many times like, have you, like, bruised your knee, hit like, yeah, th- it against the table? Think about sure, yeah, how yeah, often, how many concussions would you have given yourself? Yeah, like, how, how much do you move your legs in a single day versus, like, yeah. how much are you actively really, like, head thrashing um yeah sorry i can't talk for the next hour i just went for a run 
Yeah. Like, <laughs> Feel a bit dizzy now. And like, I have that anxiety, like knee bounce that couldn't, that would not. Oh my gosh. Oh, that hurts oh, my yeah. brain. brain thinking about it. Being yeah. Jiggled. <laughs> Full jiggled. Um, <laughs> anyway. It's like the pear wiggler. <laughs> what? <laughs> what is a pear wiggler? That's right, folks. We made it to everyone's favorite segment of the podcast. It's time for Saf says shit that we don't know what they mean. <laughs> okay, the pear wiggler is like I don't, this I video. Don't, I already don't like it. <laughs> okay, the pear wiggler is like this video of like I think it's I think it's like a science thing showing um how pears like in a box get wiggled together. It's damage prediction on pears during transportation. Is what it is, and it's just a, it's a video of, like shitty CGI peers in a box wiggling around and getting more and more damage as they get wiggled <laughs> i too take more and more damage as i get wiggled <laughs> yeah it's that's what your brain is like it's like the peer wiggler that's the price you pay for don't Gakbar's think little it sub. is staff <laughs> anyway uh don't worry everything's fine because it self-destructs it's Great. totally fine right no because it definitely sent out a message before it did, because that's what robots are programmed. How is the phone number it's sending it to? So we're going to the right place. It's been See, 10 that, years. That's what Akbar says. Akbar's I've had the same like, phone number for the last 10 years. Yes, I mean, I, I do too, but I'm also, I also didn't die in a bunch of uh, overthrowings of my reign. I also <laughs> didn't get overthrown by <laughs> right. You sure about that? Uh, Akbar I mean, no <laughs> remarks that the code is probably obsolete after so long and besides who would even be out there listening smash cut yeah smash cut Della sitting in her private chambers unfortunately watching her hollows of Tarkin on repeat oh god they're not porn they're not personal uh they're lectures and communiques but she still misses the only man who had recognized her talent. Lol. Her, her quote-unquote talent. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, your um, talent to get fucking shut off in the middle I mean, of fucking nowhere away from everything else. So talented. Uh, <laughs> there is also... Is it a, established that she had a relationship with Tarkin? I can't yes. remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she, okay. did. she fully um, boned him, and that's why she needs no other lover because her imagination and the memories of his touch are enough. That's a quote from the book. <laughs> it is. I read that quote. Yep. I yep. blocked that out. Well, I'm here to help everybody remember it. Um, who, who in the EU, uh, I mean, Kevin J. Anderson, obviously, watching A New Hope and you go, hmm, who am I going to write erotically about? I know. That guy. <laughs> in, okay, in... I mean, I started fucking right? So, but like his actor, very charming. Fair, yeah. This is this is not a Peter Cushing hate. Here. No, no, no. Um, but Tarkin. <laughs> uh, there's a Tarkin doctrine which is disgusting. Uh, and uh, a part of it is that killing a few small targets to scare the others in line, which is what she's been doing. She's on her way to an epiphany about her current predicament when Kratos interrupts. Of but course, I when I'm on the verge of an epiphany and someone interrupts me. Right, I'm busy. <laughs> Especially Kratos. I feel like that's the we've not interrupted Meg twice to talk about this. I feel like that's that's uh, such a like Kratos move. 
to be an interrupter. Not that I would understand or have any experience in such areas, but. <laughs> okay, I don't get this meme. <laughs> I don't understand this meme. Okay, uh, so of course they picked up the signal that also <laughs> just so sorry happened to be around ten years old, aka how long they were in the ma, and they decide that it's important intel and not a rebel ploy. Since it's an important starship construction facility, it makes a good target. She's going to turn Calamari into a rubble heap. The following day on Calamari, Leia is elated that Akbar is going to be coming back to Coruscant with her, even if it's only to talk to Mon Mothra. Akbar is pouting in the back because he isn't ready to let his emo face pass yet. What does that face look like? That's my question. What is a pouty Mon face? Just, just, he's just they have like lips that go across their entire jaw. Right? It's a very big pout. Uh, and uh, he hasn't... <laughs> Uh, he hasn't even learned how to play the acoustic spitar yet. How is he supposed to <laughs> leave his emo face? <laughs> but don't worry, they're getting fired at from orbit. Oh, great. I, I, now I'm not worried. Yeah. Uh, It'll be fine. It'll tie be fine, bombers, I'm sure. Yeah. Tie bombers come down and cause trouble. Akbar needs to get in communication with the squad of wings that are defending the orbiting shipyard. But Sikhal very calmly points out that perhaps they're otherwise engaged. Leia does some fancy wave skimming in order to get their boat within the city before the surf door is shut. Akbar immediately goes into admiral mode and asks to be taken to the control center so he can figure out what he can do to help. Of course, it's very panicky and crowded, but Sikhal shouts to make way for Admiral Akbar, and everyone is ooing and eyeing, and it looks like he's finally gotten his groove back. They make it to the command center and see that there are two Star Destroyers along with the TIE squadrons harassing Foam Water City. The city commander immediately cedes his position to Akbar, like, I'm not dealing with this. Leia asks Sikhal to get her into the comm system so she can use her codes to request help from the new public. When asked if the ships will get there in time, Leia says that depends on how long their defenses can hold. Sikhal, although very serene-faced, says that the Mon Calamari broke the first Imperial occupation using only common tools and scientific implements. So yeah, the defenses will hold. Baller. Uh, things are not going well, though, for the Mon Calamari, but then Akbar notices something. He paused, nodding slowly as if his great head were too heavy for his shoulders. I mean, <laughs> big mood. <laughs> he does have a pretty big head. Huge. Uh, he has the boings sent away from the shipyards, leaving it totally undefended. When asked if that's wise, he says, no, it's a trap. <laughs> and that's how Akbar got his groove back. Yep. It's like that's the moment where he fully transforms back into Admiral Akbar and not Emo Akbar. Mm -hmm. On the bridge of the Gorgon, Dala is feeling very smug as everything is proceeding as she has foreseen. As she sees the Brings go, she gives the orders to Captain Brusk on the Manticore to begin his attack at once. 
<laughs> back bar story. Flash act. <laughs> Love a flash act. Love a flash act. Before being liberated by the Rebel Alliance, Akbar was Tarkin's indentured assistant. <laughs> indentured assistant. <laughs> it's like an indentured server, but more clerical. <laughs> yeah, they bring more coffee. Yeah. 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 Uh, that smug son of a bitch told Akbar exactly how he was going to enslave other worlds. By observing him, he learned space warfare tactics, including Tarkin's own favorite strategies, a.k.a. the Tarkin Doctrines. Tarkin, you dumb bitch. He's so fucking stupid. Uh, He knows Tarkin is dead, but he also knows this trick. He knows there's a third Star Destroyer hiding behind their moon. How do you not have... Okay, how do you not have a sensor array on one whole side of your fucking planet? What is happening? They ran out of sensors. You've been conquered, like, how many times? (laughs) Get that sensor array (laughs) The main target is the shipyard, the surprise attack formation, meaning that the Star Destroyer will be able to destroy the yards with minimal losses. Akbar sent away the wings because he demands remote command of the Star Tide. The weapons don't work, and the hyperdrive hasn't been tested, but the sublight engines are all he needs. The city commander is like, fine, but only because it's you. And Akbar powers up the engines and the star tide starts to move, taking the framework of the space dock with it. Akbar didn't mind. The more mass, the better. Feels like he's going to crash into something. Mm-hmm. Leia is watching Sighal, who is in some sort of trance. On the orbital images, she's able to pick out which blips, fighters, are going to go out. She can't figure it out quick enough to somehow get in contact with their fighters to help. Leia's like, oh, she's force sensitive, dog. Yeah, uh, took a while to get there, but we got there eventually. Better <laughs> send her to Luke if we don't all die here. <laughs> no, don't send her to Luke. Well, yeah, find find another Jedi. <laughs> please no. Really God, anyone. no. She seems to be doing fine with her force powers on her own. Luke hired XR Kun to be his substitute over at the Jedi Academy right now. You don't want you don't want to send him there. Akbar is piloting the ship like a fucking Jaeger from Pacific Rim. uh, (laughs) Baller. And the Star Tide is being piloted toward the moon where the third Star Destroyer is. And by the time they have visuals, it has only just begun powering up its weapons. The Manticore starts firing, but it doesn't matter. Fins up. All head full speed. What was I saying? What? <laughs> all ahead. All ahead full speed. Is what I was F-U-A-H-S-S. You, you just channeled me for a second there, I feel. <laughs> all head full speed. Yeah. <laughs> all, all head full speed is a, is a very, very different Star Wars story. <laughs> Meg is writing about Akbar, so. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Uh, Akbar releases the last of the safety mechanisms that held the unshielded hyperdrive reactor in check. It'll reach flashpoint within seconds. He disconnects himself from the command console and lets it all happen. I feel like shielding the hyperdrive reactor should be like this works out for him, but I feel like this should be one of the early things that you do when you're building a ship. Yeah. Instead of just having a hyperdrive reactor, just like, you know, out there, letting out the the radiation and stuff. (laughs) Who can say how ships are made. (laughs) (laughs) Truly. I have no idea how ships are made. One of the many great mysteries of the universe. <laughs> they Dala, just themselves. Yeah. Pew, Dala pew, 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 pew. Cannot believe what's happening. 
There should be no way they knew the manticore was there. But she watches as they fail to dodge. <laughs> the most obvious fucking and Both the star tide and the manticore are torn apart. Get good, Dala. <laughs> She's like, oh, this is an incredibly obvious place to put a ship. How did they is guess? It, but this it, was Tarkin's idea. Wait, it's isn't it Thrawn's fucking ship called the Manticore? No, it's called the Chimera. Chimera, yeah. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, they apparently have all these sh- these names for um. The apparently Manticore Greek mythology exists Honestly, in Star Wars. I miss yeah, the I miss questionably the sexy, sexy names. Yeah, <laughs> I do I, miss the equation, like Nightcaller. I miss those bring names. Bring back yeah. the Razor's Kiss. It's yeah. like, <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Janison gives us so many things that are like borderline kink. But he won't right. do it for the ships. Not the can, sh- can we call it the Manticore? <laughs> yeah, we can. Well, yeah, we could, the, but now it's gone. The kinky chimera. <laughs> I don't ever want to talk about Thrawn on this podcast. <laughs> Fair. Thrawn is dead to us. Uh, Saf, what is this note you put in the show notes? I put a note in the show notes? Yeah. <laughs> you just put TW. I was like, oh yeah, no, I was trying to get to Twitter and I actually typed oh, that into the show. Like, wording for what? What did I do? I was like, what thing in this book needs a trigger warning other than trigger warning? It's bad. Like, sexy Tarkin. Yeah, exactly. Needs a trigger sexy warning. Tarkin definitely should have come with a warning. <laughs> so, like, we just had a whole ass space battle, and this is where I'm like, this book is not about Luke Skywalker or the Jedi Academy because they were nowhere to be seen in this like huge seat. Like, this was the longest chapter so far. We have all these different POVs, yeah. like all our different groups converging, and meanwhile, Luke's over at the Academy. Like do 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 do. I guess XR Coot is here now. Uh, yeah, my my students are crispy now, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah, he little crispy doesn't even know that yet. Um, <laughs> so Luke, speaking of speaking of, uh, Luke is making Kip show off, and honestly, that's not a good teaching method. No, uh, they are basically reenacting the Seagulls music video, except <laughs> Luke can't fit in a little backpack. <laughs> Unfortunate. <laughs> The other trainees have all stopped practicing and watch Kip instead, even Luke. <laughs> and I'm like, this is not correct. This is don't, bad. You don't, you shouldn't make favoritism a thing in your teaching. Oh, it's so deep. It's been a week. <laughs> and uh, Kip has just been trying to get better, faster, stronger, rather than make friends or learn to socialize, which is something he probably desperately needs after the whole growing up on Kessel thing. Yeah. If your only friend in the universe is Han Solo, like, make some more friends. Like, Han Solo's a great friend, but, like, you need more friends, dog. You need more friends than just Han Solo. Especially if you're, like, you're in a school, learn to be a Jedi. You're away from Han Solo, so you need to, you need to make (laughs) friends with the people who are there. And maybe we can learn. Like, make friends with the, with the 12 unnamed Jedi. Yeah, like, maybe we could learn some more names. If only they'd all been named, we would never have had I Jedi. If I Dorsk eighty nine and Dorsk ninety three, perhaps. Yeah, no, if they named them all I Jedi, would have never happened. So. Oh my god! Wow. Fucking. This is what you did. Come on, Kip. You could have saved us from that. <laughs> uh, Kip I'm sorry. Kip's... I I shouldn't put Corin Horn on Kip. On Kip. I feel bad for that. Or do we just like Kip in the future? I don't know. Well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Kip is trying to find more and more ways to make this exercise difficult. But when he feels all the things he's levitated, including R2, being put back in their places, when he opens his eyes, Luke is giving him a proud grin. Oh, Kip has a praise cake. Oh, boy. 
Oh, he does. I wrote he these does. notes two weeks ago and I've completely forgotten what was in them. It's true. He really does. He does, though. Uh, Luke is yeah. like, Lamau, wow, I don't even think Obi-Wan and Yoda would know what to do with you, which is not a good yeah. teaching strategy. I don't, I don't think that's even all. true. Not, no. That's, that's One, not true. Yoda would know. Yoda would, he, Yoda Yoda would hit you with a, a lot of students. Yoda would be hopping around like the little frog gremlin that he is. Yeah. Singing about seagulls. Making Kip's life terrible. (laughs) But it would would knock him down a fucking pig. Yeah. When Kip asks what else to learn today, Luke tells him to learn patience. Zing. Uh, And the ability to do is not all there is. You must know the thing. You must master every facet of it. You must understand how it fits with everything else you know. You must possess it for it, be, it to be truly yours. Uh, Kip nods solemnly because that's what Jedi trainees are expected to do, not because I mean that's what I do my, when I'm being when I'm being therapized as I nod solemnly. Like yep. yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, dog. Totally understand I'll, what you're saying right now. I'll master every facet of it or whatever. Yeah, I'll master every facet of my fucking mental disorder. Yeah. Yep. In the middle of the night. <laughs> Kip is meditating, feeling all the life throughout the temple when he feels a cold gash in the force. In his room, there's a looming shadow of a tall cloaked figure who tells Kip the force is strong with him. Mm. Probably fine. There's no fear in Kip. He's dealt with enough bad and scary things. It's only awe and curiosity as he looks into the pitch blackness. The Shadow Man offers to be Kip's teacher. He can show him things that Master Skywalker doesn't even comprehend. Techniques that were lost thousands of years ago. Secret rites and hidden doorways of powers. I'm not gonna lie, I'm a bit stupid. And when he said Master Skywalker, I was like, Anakin? Anakin's teaching him? You've got to be kidding me. (laughs) No, honestly, I did. I had a little moment there where I was like, what? Oh boy. (laughs) Anakin's did. For clarification, we are talking about Luke Skywalker. Yeah, obviously the, the Skywalker that actually <laughs> oh. ends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Skywalker. I thought we were talking era. about Shmi. No, she's Danny. Shmi's dead. <laughs> Shmi's even more dead than Anakin. Are you sure? Yes. She, I mean, she made a baby appear out of nothing. So, like, I'm pretty sure that she can survive did, did, death. Did she? Did she though? <laughs> she got buried. <laughs> Uh, uh kip chomped at the bait with the one condition that the shadow tells him his name that's it that's your one condition uh and the shadow says i was the greatest dark lord of the sith i am xr coon and kip is like i, mean, okay. I only asked for your name to you need your whole resume right here's the thing did, did xr coon like manage to enslave an entire galaxy or is he a punk compared to palpatine um, he's not a punk compared to Palpatine. All right, all right. He is unfortunately legit uh, when it comes to powers. We are going to have God to do Tales it. of the Jedi comics, aren't we? Maybe. We have to learn the story of Exar Kun. We maybe Yeah, we do. Yeah, I'm mad about it, but we do. We have, we have, we have created <laughs> the situation ready. ourselves, but we have yeah, to. Yeah, this is our own We've fault. done this to ourselves. <laughs> I'm gonna be so mad the whole time. Yeah, this is like what this is like one Star Wars thing I unequivocally enjoy. So I mean, yeah. I would rather do Tales of the Jedi than more uh, Ken Palpatine adventures. So. <laughs> I mean, we're gonna do more of those too. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm no! at the edge of my seat right now, but what's gonna happen? So okay, well, 
Han rushes into the quarters, yelling to turn the lights on. They refuse to cooperate. <laughs> oh, you're at a low point in your life when even the lights aren't cooperating with yeah. you. They, they require you to speak kindly to them. Yeah. yeah. Which I think is so. 3PO comes into Han and Leia's rooms with the twins who are bawling at being harshly woken up. The lights cooperate for 3PO. <laughs> yeah, because he knows how to talk to fucking electronics. Yeah, he's like, hey, he's also lights, one. please turn on. Chewbacca runs in, fully ready to go and yelling, and the children cry more. <laughs> Chewbacca lives with him? No, he's running into their quarters, like into the, oh, he was right. somewhere else. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I got confused by the quarters being uh, the bedroom, which oh. also confused me for Han running into it. Everyone's running. They were not <laughs> in the quarters. Yeah. Han asks 3PO to find Lando, who is down in the docking bay with the Falcon. It better be running this time. This time it's Jaina who asks what's going on, and Han pauses to kneel down and wipe away her tears. He has to go rescue mommy. Han asks Chewbacca to stay there because there's no one else he trusts more to protect the kids, which is big oof knowing what happens in the Crystal Star where the children are kidnapped. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, that really just rubs that in, huh? That happens in three years. Get ready. Um, oh, man, poor che- Chewbacca goes through so much shit. He really does. Then he gets a planet <laughs> dropped on him. The end. Fucked up. No, Ooh. Han doesn't have a plan, but when does he ever? All he knows is that he's going to Calamari. Repio asks how long he'll be gone, and Han says as long as it takes to rescue Leia. Probably like a week and not a full eight months like some Jedi we know. <laughs> <laughs> Love a subtweet. <laughs> 3PO says, no worries. He's updated his childcare programming. When he ushers the kids away to tell them a story, they start crying again. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> 3PO's trying so fucking hard. These kids are not giving him a chance. <laughs> they love him. Uh, Han takes a moment before he leaves to look longingly at the twins and also straighten up the chair Chewbacca knocked over S tier house husband. <laughs> Real stay at home dad energy. Yeah. Uh, Lando is in the Falcon trying to make it better. Uh, good luck, buddy. And he uses emergency repair procedure number one, which is just smacking a thing. That is that is true in both tech and engineering. That is that is the number one procedure. Give it a thwack. It'll work. Turn it off and on again. Give it a hit. It'll yep. start working. It's fine. It's going to work. He hears someone yell his voice and without looking, he knows it's Han. And he's is it because probably... he hears Han's voice yelling it? Well, <laughs> so smart. Uh, and that Han is just there to shout at him about something again. And instead, Han just barrel past him and gets in the cockpit. This time, he does explain <laughs> that Leia is trapped on Calamari, which is being bombarded by Admiral Dalla. And so he's going to rescue her. And Lando can either come with him or get tossed off the ship. Lando is keen, but he's going to fly. It's still his ship until they get the Lady Luck back. Uh, scene change on Vortex. Quizux is wandering around watching the repair crews, which, of course, Wedge volunteered to help with. While the New Republic is cleaning up outside, the Vors have been making repairs inside, guided by some innate knowledge rather than any plans. The Vors seem very ambivalent about the New Republic being there, but accept the additional workers as they continue rushing through their plans before the winter sets in. Quai wishes there was something she could do to help. 
She sees a a piece of crystal that was intact enough to be used as a flute. So she starts playing, drawing the attention of the Vores who come to fly around her, but don't interrupt. She doesn't stop playing until Wedge runs over to see if she's okay. One of the Vores clan leaders steps forward and opens his hand. When Kwai gives him the flute, he clenches the fist and shatters it. No more music, not until we are finished here. Oof. That was just a fun little interlude. Um, yeah. Don't forget, relief work is still happening on the Vores. Also, Wedge still has the hots for Kui. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> Han has nothing to do in hyperspace except self-reflection. The worst. It's been oh, a hard God. path. But if he had to do it all again, he would. Thankfully, Lando comes in and offers Han a game of sabak since he refuses to rest. Han tries to goad him into betting the Falcon again. It works, of course, and Han gets the Falcon back, of course. Uh, did this plot line even need to happen? No. It really didn't. They could have <laughs> they could have had Lando there for other reasons, but you know what? Whatever. Whatever. Kip is trudging through the jungle with his assigned companion, Dorsk81, who doesn't really love the jungle. <laughs> oh, look, Dorsk81 finally gets to appear in this book. Yeah. Um, he, I'm listen, now worried that Dorsk81 is going to die. Listen, Dorsk81 was in mourning after Gintoris died. Fair. Yeah, yeah, they were good friends. Yeah, he 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 good wrote it with him. friends. Yeah. Um, uh, or as Meg said. <laughs> <laughs> uh Woolamanders discuss. So, uh, same family as Woofa? I don't think so. Woofa were fully worms. Yeah, Woofa were full on worms. And Woolamanders are. They're like amphibians. They have legs. Oh, okay. They're assumedly right. yeah. something they're like woolly salamanders. salamanders. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's which is interesting. Which is an interesting concept. I will say that much. I mean, it sounds like the Sneeps from Danny's D&D the, game. The plural is Sneep, Meg. Well, it sounds like the Sneeps. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like this, uh, the snake I saw that was like covered in like algae that had grown yeah, on. Yeah, um, yeah. It's like that, but it's wool instead. I, Can you I make sweaters out of them? Probably. Woolly salamanders created the mental image that I of you elaborating, but thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Again, Another reason to join the dark side. Insects and small biting creatures buzzed and scuttled around them, but none bothered Kip. He consciously exuded a shadow of uneasiness around him so that lower creatures had no incentive to come nearer. Dude, this is I, like evil dark shit. Dark side bug spray. I want that. I, I want that. Does it work on people on the subway you don't want to talk to? Like, that'd be rad. I mean, your vibe, they, your vibes by are definition, so lesser beings. No one bothers you. Right, like, Imagine someone trying to like catcall a dark lord of the Sith. Like it's not going to happen. <laughs> Amazing. No, it is really not. Uh, Kip doesn't understand why or how Dorsk eighty one society has persisted. <laughs> why are they lipless? Dorsk eighty one. That's the one thing standing and standing setting in the way <laughs> of society. He's lips. <laughs> yeah, no lips. <laughs> Uh, Doris Gady One Society decided at one point everything was perfect. So they started cloning to just maintain that perfection and to prevent undesirable changes. Hi. 
this That's is called how your entire dog. civilization gets wiped out from one illness the common cold but yours, <laughs> yep 81 uh, was a failure because he was different is um, this a metaphor for something I'm, I'm just so unsure what's happening here uh i think we can piece it together <laughs> <laughs> kip wonders how anyone who has the potential to be a jedi could think that they're a failure dorsk 81 says it's unsettling to be different kip mm. can't relate mm. <laughs> It's like, well, obviously I love it, so everybody should love it too. The, the I don't understand white man people... child genius can't understand. Yeah, I don't understand no. why people would have different opinions to me. That makes no sense. Right. Why don't you want to stand out? And it's like, mm. <laughs> not necessarily always good, man. Nah. <laughs> I mean, you uh, got Ixar Kun on your back. Especially now, so. when you're when your society extremely doesn't want you to stand out. Yeah. Yikes. Uh, Kip explains that his parents were political resistors, even protesting the destruction of Alderaan. In the middle of the night, stormtroopers came and stunned them, dragging Kip's parents off. They put his older brother, Zeth, in, hang- <laughs> in stun cuffs before stunning Kip, too. Wow, we got an act back, we got a Kip back, we're getting yeah. so many backs. <laughs> Strong finish, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> I get that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh Zeth was taken to the Imperial Military Academy on Corita, mm, and the rest of them went to Kessel. Even after the prisoners, even after the prisoners revolted, Kip remained a slave. It's obvious why he hates the Empire. They've tried to beat him into submission at every step. Are we gonna get Zeth like fucking working for a Talo or some shit? Dorskady one says that he can't fight <laughs> the Empire alone. And the response is perhaps not yet. Worrying. That's incredibly worrying. <laughs> Somebody, a worrying. Jedi trainee who's only been there for a week should not be saying that shit. No. They arrive at their destination, the Obsidian Temple, Gantoris, and Strain had found before. At oh, the I top, I love the name Strain so much. Yeah. It's so fucking stupid. <laughs> They're all so stupid. <laughs> and I love it. I love it. At the top of the statue, at the top is the statue of the dark man, Exar Kun, with long hair and a tattoo of a black sun on his forehead. Dorsk is just like, who dat? Um, and has absolutely no danger sense because he's okay with spending the night in the temple. <laughs> Where's the force when it's fucking needed? Not with Dorsk 81. Where, sure. Where's the, I have a bad feeling about this, huh? No. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Dorsk, <laughs> hell. At every step of the way, the force fails him. It's true. Like, it's not, I don't know. The forest is playing favorites, and that's not fair. It is. Yeah, it's really unfair. Uh, oh, he's going to get crispy, isn't he? Don't worry. Kip goes straight to the edge of the dark mirrored water. It's impossible to tell how deep it is, but there are columns of rock submerged. Uh, Kip starts using them as step in, stepping stones, uh, which is honestly very cool um when he gets to the other side he already feels the power when dorsk 81 gets there he just feels cold (laughs) Uh, when kip goes inside the dark temple it somehow becomes light enough that he can see the ancient writing on the walls and finds a pool of delicious clean water dorsk is still in the doorway when he remarks that he suddenly feels very sleepy Kip understands what's happening and suggests that Dorsk 81 
go in the corner and take a nap, <laughs> which he does immediately as if hypnotized. Go have a little lie down in the corner. Dorsk, sweetie. Dorsk. Oh, baby. My God, baby my guy. Luke really needs to be better at paying attention to who Dorsk is hanging out with. Yeah. Yeah. Dorsk, Dorsk needs like life coaching from Luke. Luke. Yeah. Luke needs some fucking coaching. Luke, you gotta take some like. We're Obi Wan and Yoda right now, and they could be like, "Hey, bro, your students are gonna get fucking murdered." Yeah, you're not doing a great job, dog. <laughs> uh, the ghost of Exar Kun appears before Kip, reassures him that Dorisk eighty one will wake up once they're done with their session. Oh fuck's sake! Yeah, <laughs> why did Luke not warn Kip that there's like some dark fucking force that's trying to take over students here, like? Do you what think he even told Kip about Gantoris? Like, Luke is like, it's a good test. This it's is how all schools work. Writing. I no. don't know. I've never run a school before. I, Luke has never been to school. Exactly. <laughs> oh, fuck, he has a Luke was homeschooled on Moisture Farm Academy. Like, God. <laughs> uh, XR Sensei tells Kip that he already knows more than Luke ever could because he doesn't limit himself with only Jetty knowledge. I feel like that's a lie. Yeah. Kip Just burns. because Luke's been, old, been alive for longer than him. And like Luke has fully turned to the dark side multiple times at this point. Yeah, Luke's like, been there and he's gone back. Like he, he definitely knows dark side shit. Yeah, he's fine. He's just like, oh, that was bad actually. Yeah, that was maybe not a great decision in the in the moment. But no. I understand why they call it the dark side now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that Whew. does feel very dark, huh? It's dark, yeah. <laughs> uh, but like we mentioned before, Kip has a praise kink, and so he oh, burns with pride, me. but tries to still be chill about it. Uh, XR Sensei gestures to the walls, and suddenly Kip can understand what's written there. It's the history of how XR Kun became began to learn forbidden teachings, moved to Yavin 4 to find a lost Sith power object and enslave the Masasi. Great. He's also a fucking slaver. That's yeah. great. Fucking great. Uh, the- this man. So every new thing I learn about him, I hate him even more. Yeah. <laughs> like You're correct for hating XR Kun. He continues to surprise and disappoint me. <laughs> the Brotherhood of the Sith, more like Botherhood, am I right? Uh, could have ruled the galaxy, but he was betrayed. It took him sacrificing every single Masasi in order to trap his spirit in the temple, waiting for when he could come back. As Exar Kun starts bothering Dorskady One in his sleep, Kip doesn't really like it, at least, and yells out, Exar Sensei, you're here to teach me. Don't bother with him. Kip knows when he's getting manipulated and he's confident <laughs> that he can use XR Sensei to get what he wants as well. So he's going to manipulate the manipulator. You're a um, dumb fuck. Yes. Kip. He offers himself up to XR Sensei and shouts, teach me more about the ancient Sith ways. Tell me how to use these new powers so I can crush the empire once and for all. You're a fucking dumb fuck. Yeah, it's bad. Idiot boy. I'm so, I'm gonna I am 18 years old and I'm gonna manipulate the Dark Lord of the Sith who slaved an entire yeah. race. Yep. yep. Uh yeah, Kip uh the arrogance of 18-year-olds, honestly. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, dog, this isn't gonna turn out how you think it will. I promise you that. 
I was I was starting to get attached to Kip, and he did this stupid shit. I'm like, oh man. Well, <laughs> this is book two. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm already learning my lesson with being attached to Kip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really fair. <laughs> Uh, speaking of being attached to Kip, should we do some listener questions? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Last week we asked, what are the titles of some other children's stories in Star Wars? Bonus points if you write out the whole story so Ash can read it in their Han Solo voice. <laughs> so rude. Um, Ash, I hope you're ready. <laughs> there's, there's one that's like a full dramatic reading. Yeah. If we want to do that. Yeah. So yeah, we need we'll a, do that. We need a... A narrator and a Jaina. Oh, I'll be Jaina. Which one? Which one is it? Ben's. Ben Warman's. Yeah. And while everyone is opening the links to the fix we have received, <laughs> I'll read Jay's response. The Ugly Hutling, a wholesome children's story about how everyone is embraced and loved and that stereotypes are bad. Jay! I, I want to make that scene. <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> I've drawn some pretty cute huts in my day. Uh, That's true. Is all I want to say. And then, yeah, we got we got three. These are stories so for Ash to read in their Han Solo voice. Which one do you want to start with, Ash? I'll do. Uh, I'll start with Yubsies because I have that one open. It's so cute. All right, so this one, this one is called Little Ship. They even made some art for it. It's really cute. Um. <laughs> little, little ship, little ship, how do you fly? My repulsors push us up right into the sky. Whir, 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 goes the repulsor lift. Flying such a gift. Little ship, little ship, how do we live? My life support systems have lots of air to give. Whoosh, woos goes the life support. All green status report. Little ship, little ship, I want to go far. My hyperdrive will take us all to the next star. Vroom, vroom goes the hyperdrive so the galaxy can thrive. Little ship, little ship, how do you know? My Nava computer figures out where we want to go. Beep, beep, goes the Navicomp. On to our next galactic romp. Little ship, little ship, why do you roam? But with my crew on board, I'm always at home. Kiss, kiss, goes the crew. When your family loves you. That is so cute. Oh my oh, god. That's so fucking cute. It's, it's so fucking so cute. cute. I'm wow, smashing so that good. kudos button. Yeah, I smashed that kudos button real hard. <laughs> it's so, so cute. All right, and there's another one from friend of the show, Dylan. Uh, Harumph says the basilisk. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. All right. Through basilisks ambled out to mind their own business. There was important mischief afoot. Help us, said the Wren. The system takes our credits away. We'll be mischievous in return. But basilisks mind their own business, so... Harumph, said the big basilisk. Harumph, said the little basilisk. And they ambled to mind their own business. There was important mischief afoot. Help us, said the Nemoidians. 
The system takes away, it takes our joy away. We'll be mischievous in return. The mischief sounded very important indeed. But Bessilus mind their own business, so... Harumph, said the big Bessilisk. Harumph, said the little Bessilisk. After a pause, and off they ambled to mind their own business. <sighs> there was important mischief afoot. Help us, said the Ithorians. The system takes their food away. We'll be mischievous in return. This mischief sounded even more important than their own business. But Bessilisk do mind their own business, so... Harumph, said the big Bessilisk. Harumph, said the little Bessilisk with regret. And off the big Bessilisk ambled, so off the little Bessilisk ambled to mind their own business. There was important mischief afoot. Help us, said the sa- sa- Savrips. Savrips, yep. Savrips. The system takes away or takes our homes away. We'll be mischievous in return. But Bethelis mind their own business. So harumph, said the big Bessilisk. And off the bis- big Bessilisk began to amble to mind their own business. But the little Bessilisk did, did not amble. Harumph, said the big Bessilisk louder. But the little Bessilisk still did not amble. Harumph, <laughs> said the big Bessilisk even louder. Fuck the system, said the little Bessilisk. <laughs> and wait, the little Bessilisk toddled to cause more important mischief. Good, good on that little Bessilisk, honestly. Aww. That's great. This sto- <laughs> okay, so very importantly, let me read the Love notes it. at the end. This story references the fact that Bessilus culture on Ojum doesn't want to be involved in galactic politics. Source, Legend's Guide to Alien Species, Edge of the Empire. But Dexter Jetster is out here poisoning food, poison, food poisoning the Chancellor, Star Wars Insider number 65, ghostwriting policies for the Jedi Council, Brotherhood, supplying resources to the rebellions, dining at Dex, Life and Legends, Obi-Wan Kenobi, The Last Jedi, The Last of the Jedi, and generally sticking his nose into places where it shouldn't be, because there's a chance that he can help people. The Smuggler's Guide, Wild Space. <laughs> so I, I love, I love a fanfic with sources. So yeah, so listeners, yeah. if you're interested in Dexter Jetster, there are all of the sources that, well, not all of, but there are many sources that you can just follow Dylan on Twitter. You'll eventually get them. You'll get them all. Okay. And finally, we have a new story by Ben Warman. Not that one, Dad. The book clattered against the wall and fell to the floor in a messy heap, pages spread. Han looked down at his hands for a moment. His now empty hands were the book he had been planning on reading to the children had just been. It felt very much like the book had been slapped out of his hands, but the one who had done the slapping was a full meter away from him, huddled in bed with a blanket around her body and a frown on her face. What did I say about doing that at bedtime? He asked his daughter. Jaina's frown turned into a pout. Didn't do it. Don't do it. Right. Jedi stuff's when the sun is up. But the sun's gone down already, and it's time for my daughter to be sleeping. Han stood and went across the room to retrieve the little lost bantha cub from where Jaina had used the force to throw it. Now, let's talk this through. What exactly is wrong with the book? I always love it when I read this one. That's Jason's favorite book. Jaina protested. He loves stories about animals. I remember it being your favorite, too. Han sat back down where he had been, ignoring the groan of pain from his lower back as he tried to jackknife himself into a chair that was several centimeters too low for him to sit in. And Anakin's. My memory's not that bad yet, is it? It used to be my favorite, but it isn't anymore. 
his daughter insisted. She had her arms crossed over her body now, in a posture that Han supposed she'd seen her mother use. Okay, okay. Han sighed. Here, he'd tried to plan the whole day out, their daddy-daughter day, to make sure everything went right. Jason and Anakin were with Leia and Luke, off sightseeing on Ithor, but Jaina had caught a runny nose right before they were scheduled to leave that the pollen of Ithor was bound to aggravate, so Han had volunteered to stay behind with her and make it up to her as best he could. So far, things had been going well. They'd had a great homemade breakfast that she'd helped him cook, then met Chewie and gone flying for a while. He'd even let her sit in the Falcon's pilot seat while Chewie made sure she didn't crash them into anything. After that, he'd planned for them to head off to one of the open-air markets, tech markets to browse for anything that struck her fancy, but Jaina had prompted a change of plans. She wanted to cruise by the nearest big spaceport and play Name That Star Cruiser instead. And now, right as they were about to come in for a smooth and easy landing at home with her favorite bedtime story, she'd thrown a wrench into the works, because she wouldn't be his daughter if everything went according to plan. So then, Han asked her, If you don't want that book, what do you want me to read for you tonight? I don't know. She told him. Just not that one. Right. He shook his head. Of course. Han glanced around the room to see if any other books were even in sight. The only ones he could see were high up on a shelf and so dusty that they looked like they belonged in a museum. They'd barely ever been read because, up until now, the Little Lost Bantha Club had been the only book they needed. Jaina must have caught what he was looking at because she snapped. Not those either. Han had to take a deep breath and remind himself that she was too young and too tired to be polite, or even fully reasonable. It was one of those things that came with being a father. You had to learn to be patient in ways that you didn't even think were possible. So you want a new bedtime story then? Not any of these old books? Jaina shrugged. Of course she didn't know what she wanted exactly. She was too young to really express what she was feeling. But it had been a day full of new and exciting experiences for her, and apparently coming home to the same old book just didn't feel right to her for some reason. How about this then? Han unfolded himself from the chair and walked over to her bed. Mind if I sit down? He asked her. In response, Jaina shuffled back, so she was sitting at the head of the bed and left room for him to sit at the foot of it. Han smiled and gave her a bow of his head. Thank you. He sat down, very grateful to not be sitting in the chair anymore, and leaned back against the wall. So here's the plan. Tonight, I'll tell you a new story, a special story that's not in the books. And tomorrow, we get 3PO to tell us where the nearest bookstore is, and we go see if there's something new you'll like. How's that sound, Pilot Solo? Jaina's face unfolded from the frown it had been stuck in, and her mouth flipped upside down into a smile. Okay. Okay, who? Okay, sir. <laughs> okay, <Says> dad. dad. <laughs> yep. Yep, I'm so used to it always being sir with those things. <laughs> okay. Okay, Kevin. <laughs> and then Han had to rack his brain for a moment to try and think of something he could tell her that a kid would enjoy. He knew lots of stories, all kinds of stories, but most of them weren't great for kids to hear. And unlike 3PO, he couldn't spice his stories up with sound effects and music and those sorts of things. Now I've got a story that I don't think you've ever heard before. In fact, there's not a whole lot of people in the whole galaxy who know this story, except maybe your Uncle Chewie and maybe Uncle Lando if he hasn't blotted it out from his memory. Is it a true story? Jaina asked with a quizzical twist to her brow. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> Han answered, giving her an innocent look. We'll have to wait until we hear it, won't we? You're telling the story. Don't you already know what kind of story it is? Jaina, I tell a lot of stories. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard to remember which ones are true and which ones aren't. So if I start telling you this story and you think you remember hearing it before from somewhere, then it might be true. Han cleared his throat. 
Ready? Jaina huddled deeper into her blanket, bringing it up around her arms and shoulders so only her face was visible over it. Ready. Okay. This is a story that happened a long time ago on a planet really far away from here. It was back when Chewie and Lando and me first met, back when the Empire was still in charge of everything, and there wasn't much anyone could do to try and fight against them. It was so long ago, I hadn't even met your mom yet. It was just me and Chewie and Lando trying to stay one step ahead of the Empire and all the big shot gangsters out there. Jaina's eyes were already shining. Did you die? <laughs> No, sweetheart. Not that time anyway, but it was really, really close. See, there was this job we were on, trying to get some coaxium hyperspace fuel, take it away from the Empire and get it over to some pe- some other people who needed it and would pay us for it. Were they rebels? Maybe. They weren't part of the Rebellion. The Rebellion didn't exist yet, but they sure didn't like the Empire very much. Here, let me start at the beginning. Me and Chewie, we teamed up with Lando and his droid, f- a droid friend, L3, because the deal was we would steal the fuel, and then Lando would help take it take it to where we needed to sell it. But there was this gangster, Dryden Voss, a big mean guy with nasty red tattoos on his face who really wanted the fuel instead. Han told her the story. It had been a long time ago that any of it had happened, so most of it was half-remembered, and he went back over some things more than once, since Chewie and Lando weren't there to back him up. But Jaina hung on every word, eyes wide, listening with way more focus and attention than she usually did. She barely even asked any more questions. And eventually, as he kept going, her eyes started to drift closed and her head started to sag downward. Eventually, right before he got to the part where they wound up on Savarine and they met up with the Cloud Runners again, Jaina's head dropped and she collapsed forward into a heap. Han got up from the bed and reached over gently taking Jaina out from the heap she'd fallen into and laying her down at the head of her bed, head on her pillow, and tucked her covers up around her. Maybe she'd be asleep for the rest of the night, maybe not, but at least she was asleep for now. As he finished tucking her in, looking down at her peacefully slumbering face and listening to her soft snores, it struck Han again how much Jaina was like her mother, but also how she was very much like him. She loved the excitement of the story, she loved the thought of adventure, but she wanted to make sure that the good guys would win in the end. He gave her a soft kiss on the forehead. Good night, sweetheart. He whispered to her. We'll finish the story some other time. I can't believe Ben Warman got me to enjoy Solo, a Star Wars story. (laughs) I can't believe he made me read out the plot. Finally, after all these years, we finally found an interpretation of Solo that we like. It's It's this one. It's this one. Wow. Oh Amazing God. work, Ben. Very good. Amazing work. Thanks, ben. Very good. Thanks. Oh my God. Okay, I'm going Thanks against everyone my rule. Listening, Bodies to all. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're That's all such huge. quality. We can't not give a listening. Oh, body to those, I love you know? story time. That was so fun. That's <laughs> so fun. Thanks, everyone. I love when like listeners put put that much effort into silly things. It yeah. makes me feel very happy. We should do that sometime. We should do that sometime. Excuse hey. me. Okay. To be fair, <laughs> I have written I have written a fic for Rogue Quadrant before. So. Yeah. And you've written a fix specifically for me before. Yeah, specifically for me. Yeah. <laughs> did you know? Okay. Did you know there are still only three Nath and Will fix on AO3, and one it's of them up. is yours. It's, it's fucked up. up. It's all of my fix. Welcome to Rare Pair Hell, Meg. I've been here, but this is <laughs> this is a rare pair. I thought that this would Meg, be a rare. It is a rare this is one pair. of my fix that gets like no kudos, no comments ever. Like it just doesn't even exist. I'm so upset. <laughs> uh, Chris, 
Congratulations on your glistening bodies, literally everybody who responded. Those were all excellent. Uh, this week we are asking, will Amanders discuss? <laughs> is, it, is it wet wool? Do they live in the water? Is the wool wet? Tell us. Tell us what you think a Willamander is or looks like. Or Draw us a picture. Yeah. Oh my god. Draw a shitty picture. We would love Give us that. Some weird mating ritual they have. Reproduction. Yeah. 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 Do they yeah. All look, climb up in the trees and scream? Conservation status. <laughs> they climb down to the water and scream. <laughs> scream underwater. <laughs> <laughs> it's very bubbly, but yeah. you know, it comes <laughs> across. If you go into water, if you go into water in the right places, you'll hear a bunch of them screaming. That's so disarming. <laughs> that's really, that's really upsetting. <laughs> yep, it was meant to be. Great. <laughs> it's me now, isn't it? It is. It is. All right, listeners, hit us up on Twitter at Rogue Quadrant with your answers to this week's Glister question. Um, <laughs> please, I want fun facts about Wallamanders. They're so cute. <laughs> <laughs> I love, okay, to be fair, I love salamanders and I love sheep. So this is like a mix of two things that I very much love. Um, Do you have to shear the woolamanders? Yeah, probably. <laughs> With very, very tiny scissors. Oh, wait, but don't salamanders uh, shed their skin? Do they shed their Do wool, they? though? I don't well, know. Well, wool is all in the skin. <laughs> I don't know how to spell salamander, apparently. Uh, Do oh. salamanders shed? I almost said shred. Um, <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> okay, no salamanders do molt, so you get the wool every time they molt. Um, mm. Yeah, that's how it works, apparently. Right. Anyways, yeah, Twitter at RogueQuadron. Our email is RogueQuadron at gmail.com. Our website is RogueQuadron.com. Uh, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash uh, where you can just say ridiculous stuff to us on our Discord and we have to listen to it. Oh, uh, <laughs> um. And also listen to us on your favorite podcatcher, which you probably already do. We did get a rating on Spotify, so our uh, promise there is no longer available. Ash has written a song for someone. It's already happened. I but did. You can still um, leave us- and uh, it was for Abby uh, of Last well, Beautiful Town. Do we get to hear it or no? No, um, because what? it is incredibly personal uh, because uh, they, were fit. Being a- they were being a little shit and... <laughs> To be fair, we never promised that the song would be on the podcast. No. Um, <laughs> but no, the song they is have claimed. Yeah. They were being a little shit and were the first person to give us uh, five stars. So I uh, prank- I wholesomely pranked them and wrote them a song about our, our, kindness. Uh, <laughs> about our, our deep friendship and the love I have for them. So. I love it. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Um, you can still leave us ratings on Spotify because stars are good and we love them. Thank you for the food. Um but yeah, also iTunes or Google. I don't know. The other ones probably do it too. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's all I got. Leave us a review, please. Uh, sorry, I'm looking through the uh, Rogue Padrid made me do it tag. <laughs> it's a great tag. And uh, I have either forgotten or missed this one. Uh, that is... Exact, extremely my shit, uh, because it's a Wedge and Tilly's Brooke Vessery fic. Oh yeah, I remember that fic. Um, <laughs> we have thirty-eight works in that fucking collection. Amazing. <laughs> oh boy, this is spicy. Um, I'm gonna read that later. Uh, so <laughs> next time on Rogue Padron, 
We'll be going over the Jedi Academy Trilogy, Book 2, Dark Apprentice by Kevin J. Anderson, chapters 21 through 25. And with that, this is Rogue Padron signing off. Pash out. Pew, 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 pew. Do we harumph as well? We can harumph. 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 Fuck the man. <laughs> Fuck the system. Specifically, Kip Duran. <laughs> Specifically, Exarchoon. Exarchoon. Specifically, Exarchoon. Fuck that. Exarchoon is a ghost, not a man, Meg. You could be a ghost and a man. A man ghost. Stuff can be two things. <laughs> I think it could be two things. <laughs> oh. A man ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Like a mango. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Exactly, he's a fucking mango. But he's a mango. <laughs> Got the long hair and the and the the black sun, but it's just a mango. <laughs> Perfect. No notes. <laughs> <laughs>